Hey everyone, my name is Hannah Green and I am an occupational health nurse at the Commercial Corn Production Facility in Grinnell, Iowa, and you are listening to the Whisper Loud podcast. On this podcast, we are giving folks a seat at the table to have candid conversations on careers and decisions faced by women in seed production. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., find a voice and a whisper. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Whisper Loud podcast, where we have candid chats about career progression, motivation, reservations, and those tough decisions or moments faced by women in seed production. My name is Allie Jack. I am a soybean product pipeline specialist located in Iowa, and I'm excited to be back hosting another episode of the Whisper Loud podcast. Today, I have two co-hosts with me who I'm going to let introduce themselves. Cassidy, would you like to introduce yourself first? Yeah, hey everyone. Uh, Glad to be back with you as well, along with uh, Allie and Bella here today. My name is Casty North. I'm a Global Seed Quality Systems and Excellence Lead located out of St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you, Casty. Bella, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning, everyone. I'm excited to be back as well alongside Casty and Allie this morning. I am a production manager at a commercial corn manufacturing facility in Waco, Nebraska. And I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, which is Jim Dowling. Jim joins us today representing the organization as the Western Regional Field Lead. In this role, he oversees the field practices at Foundation and Commercial Corn and Soybean Manufacturing Facility. Jim started his career nearly 20 years ago as an intern. He spent about eight years in the research and development organization before making his transition to the Row Crops Manufacturing Organization. In his previous and current roles, Jim has served as a people leader. He has spent a significant amount of time developing a diverse group of individuals, including many women. Jim currently resides in central Nebraska with his wife, Kylie, and their three boys, Jackson, Grant, and Callan, who are actively involved in many school and sports programs. Jim, we're really excited to have you here this morning in this episode, and our goal is really to provide our listeners with advice on being vulnerable, moving forward, and learning from failures, and how to lean in and trust our allies. We look forward to the conversation today. With that, though, is there anything you would like to add as far as your bio goes? Uh, Very well put. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity and really looking forward to the conversation and discussion. Absolutely. Yes, we're excited to have you here this morning. All right, Jim, I get the pleasure of kicking us off and getting us started. So as you may have heard from previous episodes, we like to start or end with uh, the same question. So we get these insights from all of our great guests we've had so far. So that question is, what is something you would never whisper, but you would always shout from the rooftops? Something that I would never whisper and shout from the rooftops. And I've been told that I'm a very vocal and demonstrative individual, but really shouting from the rooftops is lead with trust for me. And I guess I'll go into that a little bit more regarding leading with trust is the part of verifying for accountability. You know, we've used the tagline trust and verify. And I use the word and very key in that in in the process of not being trust or verify, it's trust and verify. And I really believe that this enhances the relationship to go to higher levels, as long as both parties understand where the intent is coming from. As I look through, um, you know, my career opportunities and teams that I've got to work with, really leveraged uh, individuals that I can trust to build on to new heights. Thanks for starting us off with that, Jim. Um, Really appreciate that perspective. And I know we talk a lot in, you know, our network about the importance of trust and 
how you maybe build or establish trust. So um, maybe to dig into that theme a little bit deeper for you personally, like how do you define trust or how do you think about trust and building those trusting relationships? From that aspect, as I mentioned earlier, I tend to lead with trust, right? And, and other individuals that I've worked with are more hesitant to trust right from the start. And there's a, a resource that I've had the opportunity to utilize in the past on building trust that I think has been very beneficial for myself is a tagline that, that, that I continue to go back for on see it, own it, solve it, and do it. And I think all of these are important in the process of establishing trust, but I would also say maintaining trust through that, right? Some say going the extra mile, but I think about it as doing things that no one asked you to do in building that trust relationship. And then I think the other part of building trust that I relate to is on a personal level. Understanding that everyone has their own different personalities. Um, for those of you who know me, I tend to be a woo or an extrovert, right? I really enjoy meeting new people, understanding their desires, along with understanding their fears, right? We all have fears. I have fears. Everybody has fears and it's being open with those. But it, it really starts with myself being vulnerable and leading by that example, allowing individuals to be themselves. And, you know, whether that's in, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with myself or in a team dynamic, um, allowing the individuals to be open and honest and really establishing, as I mentioned earlier, that baseline level of trust. Thanks for that, Jim. I've actually had the pleasure of, you know, working alongside you a handful of different times. And so I guess one thing that I would like to unpack even just a little bit deeper in this conversation around trust, you know, based on some of your trusted relationships and the relationships that you have established, how has that, you know, impacted your self-awareness? And then also like with that, how has it helped you coach others to become more self-aware and in those trusting relationships? Yeah, excellent question, Bella. Is as, as I look at, you know, how have I utilized this in the past, right? Or tactics or themes that I've demonstrated or tried to enhance with the teams, I've gotten the opportunity to lead open dialogue. You know, we've, we've talked about feedback in previous sessions. I love listening to these podcasts and giving honest feedback, but it's really in a helpful way. And then also trust needs to be candid. You know, a lot of the individuals that I've had the opportunity to work with in the past have given me that candid feedback. And those are the individuals I trust the most in my career opportunities and who I consider to be some of my best friends. And then the last piece I'll hit on um, before I go into like coaching tactics is consistency. And I think this one is huge to the process is being a role model and setting a good example in a consistent manner, right? There's terminologies about walk the talk. And from a consistency standpoint, I'll share a brief example of establishing trust. Um, I was, I got the opportunity to become a site lead and gave the team the opportunity to do a roundtable in-person feedback session. And this was a risk on my part, right? Being new to the team. 
but for me, this really, I really wanted to establish with the team that we can be ourselves. We can learn from each other. And I led by example by going around to all members of the leadership team and providing positive along with opportunistic feedback in an open room. And that really set the stage for all members of the team to give me that feedback and for their peers and their and other individuals to hear that and for me to be receptive of it. And, and I think that was a, a huge part of showing that trust within the team. It was a little shaky at first, I'll admit, but it really enhanced the team to go to, to newer heights. Now, Bella, you talked about, you know, tactics or strategies and in the opening session, in the introduction, right? I have three boys that are into sports, right? And, and my wife would call me a sports enthusiast. Some would say a sports junkie, but uh, I enjoy the competition. But more than the competition, I, I thrive on teamwork. Um, you know, as I look at the opportunities, you think about a team, right? When you create a team and I can relate to coaches, you know, you really don't want to field a team with nine pitchers or a basketball court with five shooting guards. Um, or since I'm in the great state of Nebraska, you know, volleyball is, is amazing. So you don't want to have six setters on the court. As I transition this over into the work setting, you know, most of us have taken multiple self-assessments to identify our strengths and opportunities. Then historically, we go through a workshop to understand, you know, the team dynamics, like, oh, I knew this person was going to be over here and I'm over here for a half a day and a full day. I think where we can leverage more in the past and, and what I've tried to do is do we really continue to learn from these and leverage these opportunities in the future? And I think as we do that as a team and we continue to emphasize and reiterate, you know, some of the things that we've learned through these self-assessments, that's when I think we really utilize the full potential of individuals and really creating a trusting environment. And I think the other thing that uh, I'll hit on real quick is as these strategies and tactics, as I become more self-aware as a leader, is know your own process and path that you want to take. Um, and when I reiterate back to this, I talked to my dad who's still farms in Northeast Nebraska. And he tells me, I don't even know what I want to do when I grow up. And what he means by that is you don't have to have all the answers, but don't just, you know, take the path because you want to compare yourself to someone else. You know, not everyone's path is the same. And not everybody's path is deemed to be successful. And I think that's been a huge point for myself as I've looked, you know, to, you know, conversations with very successful individuals that I've gotten the opportunity to work with is, you know, create it with an opportunity, open your mind, but then also understand where you want to be to be successful. Jim, I really appreciate you sharing some of those tactics for building trust and taking the time to self-assess. Um, I really liked your example from when you were a site lead and um, how you did that whole round table activity and coming in. That is something bold. That is a huge risk to take, um, especially coming into a new team. But I personally, you know, I view trust probably similar to how you do. I think it's something you lead with vulnerability. So I see that being a tactic that maybe I could put into use maybe someday in the right role. 
But something I'm more curious about is, you know, when you do take risks and you fail, how do you handle and work through those situations? How do you be vulnerable in that moment, um, make adjustments, soak that in and, you know, show up as a better ally, as a better leader? Yeah, as maybe individuals that are listening to this podcast and know me can probably identify a handful of risks that or uh, failures, risks and failures that uh, they can relate to as they've worked with me. And it's, a, it's an excellent question, Ali, is, you know, we live in a competitive environment, right? We, we always want to continue to succeed in results orientation and, you know, get end of year ratings that are, you know, amazing. Um, as I look at, you know, taking risks, you know, what do those potential failures look like? For me, it starts on what is alignment on acceptable risks and failures look like? I think that's huge, right? He's you know, becoming an ally and, and through the different processes. A couple examples I'll share with you is when you see a baby or a toddler trying to take their first steps, do you boo them every time they fall down? You know, historically not, and I, I hope not, right? But it's that encouragement, right? You're like, yes, you're, you're, you're taking a risk. You're taking a chance. How can we be engaged in that process and in everything that we do? And the other one that I've shared um, in the past, and I still have it hanging up, is an illustration that I've used. And it's very, very simple, right? If you can imagine failures are bricks. And you think about a person that is carrying these bricks over their head through every failure that they've occurred, right? Versus the second image is a person that's utilizing these bricks as stepping stones for a higher purpose, right? Think about a staircase and that's elevating themselves, but more importantly, elevating their teams. So as I've worked with um, different individuals in the past, and even through my own failures, I view failures as an opportunity to ensure that you close a gap so they don't happen again, right? And, and honestly, being open and talking about them and to relate to what we talked about earlier, being vulnerable, and that's really hard at times, but I feel you can be vulnerable in areas where trust is established. I, you have me working in like a really visual space right now. I, I think the way you say, you know, imagine that brick scenario, um, you have two options there. You can put them on someone's shoulder, you can put them on your own shoulder, or you can use them as the, that staircase or, you know, building your house, building your foundation, whatever that looks like. Um, that's a really transformative thought process and in, in how you look at, you know, risk-taking and being vulnerable. So I appreciate that insight, Jim. Yeah, and Jim, maybe to piggyback off that, I know I, I've gotten, uh, much like Bella, the opportunity to work with you in the past and learn from you. And I believe we were both working for the same leader when we were first introduced to the concept of don't boo the baby. So I appreciate that and have used that, right? Because I think sometimes people worry about prematurely celebrating successes. And the reality is any step forward is a step forward. And even if ultimately we stumble, we've learned something through that process that we can carry forward with us. So um, appreciate you bringing that back to kind of the forefront of my mind um, to, to use as a self-reflection tool and maybe to help coach our, our listeners as well. 
one thing I know about you, Jim, is that, you know, you've had the opportunity to work with, for, and lead um, a lot of strong female leaders. And it's kind of curious if maybe there's anything that sticks out to you from those experiences that you've learned in working with those colleagues or even um, things you've kind of picked up from their styles that you've incorporated in how you operate. Um, you know, as I look at the opportunities I've had to partner with extremely successful female leaders in the organization. You know, we talked a little bit about this podcast or quite a bit has been on trust. I think it's also treating everyone with the same level of respect. And when I say respect, it's also, you know, the follow-up conversations that most of us have after meetings occur, right? Or the drive home. And I've, I've picked up on that quite a bit of historically, you know, not just calling the subject matter experts or the individuals that were extremely vocal in that meeting. It's, you know, it's, it's honestly the ones that were more reserved and quiet to understand, hey, did we not provide that opportunity? Or was that opportunity not provided for you to, to speak up and, and leverage, right? But it's also the aspect of, you know, and I've seen this in the past where um, individuals or let's say uh, newer female individuals that are in the room, they look directly towards uh, a senior or a more experienced female leader and say, well, if they speak up, I can speak up. And for me, I really wanted to, and I've, I've witnessed essentially those individuals having that opportunity to speak up and be more encouraging. So, um, you know, specifically calling out saying, hey, you know, tell us a little bit more about that, right? And not interjecting, which I think a lot of us tend to do at times, allowing that individual the space and the freedom to speak up um, in that, but then also have those follow-up conversations are critical. Jim, I think it's a very powerful thing to have someone in your corner who can recognize that there's someone in the room, no matter, you know, who that person is, um, and say, hold on a minute, what do you think? Expand a little bit more. And I think if we had more individuals in rooms like that with thought processes like that, just to pause and look and see who, who needs that opportunity to speak up, who needs that courage on their behalf, to you know, allow for that space for them. I think that is just such a powerful you know skill of of an ally. I think Ellie, maybe something to build off that. Um, you know, Jim. I think one thing I've witnessed um, in your career journey is the the desire to seek feedback um, following you know, kind of routine situations and maybe some of those less routine situations and calling on some of the um, different perspectives you have in your network to really pressure test how you showed up and if you should have approached something differently or if you have any blind spots related to the topic. I think that speaks back to that kind of self-awareness um, question that, that Bella asked. I guess, how important is feedback to you and how do you use that to guide your next steps yeah um I'll, I'll correlate back to maybe my sports analogy i don't know what i'm doing wrong if somebody doesn't tell me what's been i think most 
vital in that is no matter who it's coming from, Bella's heard me say this before, as you work at a site, um, historically, the people that I see day in and day out are going to develop me way more than an individual that I talk to once a week, right, or, or see once a week. And, you know, as, as I've gotten to work with various team members and individuals that have various, you know, strengths, those, that's who I would leverage, right? So depending on how the conversation went, I would seek out that feedback from those different individuals and, and get that specific situation. So it just wasn't, I wasn't going back to the same person all the time to go back to that in, in regards to, I think that's what helped build trust within the team, right? Is for me to just call out and be specific and, and say, hey, I want some specific uh, feedback over a scenario that just happened. How do you feel? How was it perceived um, on your end? And I think that was very key in, in the opportunity that I've had to work with with multiple different individuals. Yeah, I, you're right, Jim. I've heard you say um, and reflect on, I guess, a lot of that analogy a few different times. And I was kind of going to piggyback off Allie a little bit, um, you know, when it does come to that you know, just painting the vision, you have, you know, kind of created that space for individuals, you know, more specifically females at the table. And I think that's something, you know, when we tie it back to trust and allyship, that's something that, you know, personally, I myself look for in an ally is, you know, making sure that they're creating that space for me to be vulnerable, you know, to have a voice, um, whether it be to be to reflect on a conversation or, you know, a meeting or a situation. Um, so, having that in an ally is really respected. And, and I have appreciated that, you know, about our relationship specifically. One kind of question that I would like to end it with, or to kind of wrap it up with, you know, knowing what you know today, whether it be around, you know, trust, self-awareness, risk-taking, you know, what's something that you would tell your younger self after knowing what you know today? What I would tell my younger self, uh, I guess a couple different things is, you know, regarding the situation that you're in, um, understand not only what's best for yourself, but at best for the individual that you're working with. And if it's okay, I'm going to give a brief example here. I got the opportunity, as, as you mentioned during my introduction, that I transitioned from the R&D organization over to row crop production. And Shortly after I took this position, um, I was on a team to charter a new structure, essentially within the row crops team. And once the position was approved, I knew exactly who I wanted to go after. She was an individual that I worked with in the past, um, expressed all the, you know, the strengths and the opportunities, the desires, individual that I thought would be an excellent candidate for the position that I wanted out in Waco. And also, this was an individual that I considered to be a great friend and um, considered still to be one of my best friends. But I also knew not hiring her for the Waco position would further expand her leadership abilities, networks, and honestly lead to greater opportunities that I knew she couldn't get from me because she was going to go work for another successful female leader. And as I look back at that, you know, maybe 10 years ago when I was a brand new leader, I, I wouldn't have been accepting to that. 
but going through those um, different situations, you know, it would have been really easy for me to just say, hey, I'm going to go hire her. I'm going to bring her onto the team that we have and, and we're going to hit the ground running. But really listening and staying connected with her as an individual and understanding where she could continue to go to newer heights that I wouldn't have been able to, to offer. So I think that's something that, that I've learned through the process that, you know, some of those short-term pains can lean to really long-term gains. So Jim, I really appreciate that perspective. And I guess I can appreciate it because I've, I've lived through that situation, right? Um, I had applied for a role and was excited at the potential to possibly come work work from you and was a little surprised when I got a call from a different um, hiring manager that I had no relationship with previously. Um, and I think, you know, in the moment, it, it was a little surprising and confusing for me personally, but I think you were able to articulate the, the benefits you saw for me in the longer run versus kind of maybe doing that thing that you're more comfortable with, kind of stretching outside of that comfort zone and you were able to articulate, you know, the, the strengths of the leader I was going to work with and how that would impact me, hopefully longer term, if I was able to, to learn those um, valuable lessons from a different perspective and from someone with a, a different uh, set of experiences and background. So I think what was helpful to me through that situation too, Jim, was your willingness to just be honest about like your perspective, your experience, and what you were, you know, hoping for me, from me in the future, um, by taking on that opportunity. I can say it was one of the best opportunities um, of my career personally. So I appreciate your willingness to uh, not be selfish in, in that decision-making process, to be vulnerable with your perspective and allow me a space to, to grow and thrive, which is definitely, um, helped me as I've navigated future roles from that point. That's yeah, an excellent point, Cassidy, regarding, you know, the initial frustration can set in really quick, right? And, you know, we've probably all gone through examples and we can think of things where, you know, it didn't pan out exactly how we originally thought, right? And, and something I, you know, like to communicate out to the listeners is to, to go back to trust your own path. But then it's also learn to accept when those failures happen because they can lead into opportunities that never would have existed if something else would have happened. So I, you know, I completely understand that it's times, at times it's hard to, let's say, go negative and stay negative. Um, some of the people that I most respect and, and, and have given me that feedback and have listened is simply said, how are you going to make it better? Right. And, and I think it comes from an allyship perspective too, right? Listening to uh, individuals on our team to understand where their frustrations are, but simply providing that opportunity of saying, how can we make it better? And, and calling out, you know, what do you want and how can I help you get there? Jim, we do want to thank you for being a champion for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and being a leader and ally for countless women in seed production. We have two today who've, who have very much experienced that, and I know that they're grateful to have this conversation and have you as a guest on the Whisper Loud podcast today. Um, is there anything else, any last words you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap today? I just want to reiterate, thank you for the opportunity, right? As, 
the introduction said that I've had the, I've been blessed the opportunity to work with um, very successful female leaders in the organization, help develop, but also continue to learn from, continue to learn from over and over again. And that's where I think um, I've had a, an opportunity to continue to learn from my development and then just help those individuals be successful in whatever they want to do um, in their career paths. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim.